Can I stop having a cocoa? <laughs> that would have been fucking painful. Um, see, it's all fixed now. My uh, my engineer fixed it. If you guys want to check out my engineer, yeah. Oh my goodness, go and check out Alfie. Alfie, like um, he's doing bits. Oh my gosh, I'm so bloated. Oh, fuck me. He's doing bits and he's super cute and he's um. He thinks he's funny, but like you just kind of push past that. And um, and um, he's been working out a lot lately. So I'm going to go to the gram, Mr. Red Shots. Mr. Red Shots with a Z. What? You is welcome. Sign this. I do. I'll plug my friends because we're friends. I'm forcing that down your throat. Um, what was I saying? <clears throat> Um, sana, sana. Sorry, um, I haven't done that in years. Um, yes, right. So I won't put an, I won't put a number on this episode because last time I recorded here, I had what well, I could only describe as a breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I would consider it to be a breakdown. Um, I was at the uh, as you. As many of you know, um, going through a breakup, and I just was not dealing with it very well. The first, I think, the first six weeks out of it, I wasn't dealing with it very well. Um, but since post breakdown, I'm feeling better. Um, I'm still obviously like going through it, but it's not as painful as it was, which is actually really lovely. Um, lovely in the sense of because you don't want to you know, jab a pen in your aorta and then in your own eye. So the pain stops, uh, which is really graphic, but all about the graphics here, baby. There must be a way I can, like... Okay, how close are we, Alfie? Because I'm unbuckling. Yeah, we're unbuckling. Yeah. Oh! Oh! I'm more embarrassed because I've got my granny panties on, but it's fine. Shit, I've got my hair stuck in my zip. It's fine. Unfortunately, Alfie's not single, so we're just going to embrace this. But I feel fucking better and I can breathe. Um, yeah, so I was talking to my one of my good friends yesterday. I had lunch with her and she was asking about how the podcast is going. And... And um, I said to her, I was like, it was a struggle because obviously when I decided to get back into doing it, there was all these other elements such as, also if you take any videos and like photos, by the way, not with my, that's fine, just not with the jeans undone, let me know so I can look like I'm not gross. Great, thanks. Because I care about image. I don't care, okay? I, I care how I look <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> No, I just don't want people to see my granny panties. That's actually mostly it. <laughs> Leave me alone. I have to do my washing. <clears throat> Anyhow, yeah, so, um, and I, there was all these elements, because, like, I, was, I used to do this podcast with a few of my friends, and then I had people come on, and it was just this whole mess. And organising myself is really difficult because 
I am notoriously late and I suffer from depression and anxiety, so that goes against it. And then on top of that, like, this fucking breakup, so having, getting to talk, wanting to talk is not... It's funny because you feel like you... People tell you that all the time, that you should talk about these things, you should talk about how you feel, you should release those, those thoughts, those feelings, those ideas. It'll make you feel better. Um, but in the same breath, you... Uh, but not even in the same breath. And then there's the, on the other hand, you're like, I don't want to talk about this because it's so painful and so gross. Uh, but then when you do talk about it, it feels good. It's really... It's a very strange... Thing. So we're going to keep it going, basically. <laughs> of course we are, because that's why I'm fucking here. Um, but oh, what did I want to talk to talk talk about today? I specifically actually wanted to talk about... I wanted to talk about my depression, actually. I know it's super boring because I harp on about it all the time. Um... And I'm trying to figure out, I was trying to figure out the other day, I was like, oh, is that all I'm going to be? Is that girl that talks about her depression? But actually it's, it's, it's very much a part of my life, which I've probably said before. And I learn different aspects of it every single, let's put this on, do not disturb. Do not disturb. You fucking arsehole. Right, okay. Um, right, I'm going to turn this off. Um... Yeah, that I, I'm, even though it's something that I have to live with, there is a little part of me, naively, that thinks that it will, like, I will be miraculously, like, just better and it will go away and it will never return ever again in my life. And then we can all look back on that, like, horrible episode. Like, that was weird. What were the writers thinking? That was... That was strange. Anyway, it's okay because we still love that show, so we're still going to continue watching it. Um, but I'm 28 now. <laughs> I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, and I don't mean that to say, like, I'm going to just clutch onto it because I absolutely just love having depression and love talking about it and love it rolling my life. <laughs> no, I mean, like, this is something that is chemical imbalance, mate. <laughs> Um, because there's different forms of depression that I believe that all of us in society actually suffer from can be on the very low, incredibly mild, the lemon and her plain chicken end of the scale to like XXL hot end of the scale. That's why I just compared depression and mental health to the Nando's heatwave chart. I feel like that's a good, that's a good comparison, you know, give you an idea. Um, what would I say mine was? Mine ranges between, really does range, between like hot and mild. Is that a thing? Is mild a thing? Do I need to pull up the list? How does the list go? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, that's actually how I have my chicken at Nando's, it's hot. So I'm like it hot. But, um... Yeah, I woke up today and I, my first initial thought was I'm fucking exhausted. Um, even though I slept for 10 plus hours, I always wake up feeling exhausted. This is, this is where I'm at at the moment. So like the moment my depression's bad, 
Um, I'm really starting to feel the effects of my antidepressants wearing off because I stopped taking them about three months ago. Why did you stop taking America? Great question. Thanks for asking. Um, Because why did I stop taking them this time around? I wasn't here for it. It's as simple as that. There's no science behind it. I wasn't here for it. Um, It's not my first radio on antidepressants. And I don't feel... I know there's a stigma when it comes to antidepressants. Well, there's a whole fucking stigma when it comes to depression. But there's a stigma when it comes to antidepressants. Like this idea that you need a pill to feel okay. Which I understand sounds very strange. But when you think about it, it's not... I mean, for me, anyway, I can't speak for everybody's experience with taking antidepressants. But it leveled... <clears throat> bar one, which was fluoxetine, basically a Prozac. Um, but everything else leveled me out that allowed me to not feel so bad about myself, that allowed me to function, that allowed me to get up and go to work and that allowed me to go and socialise and be around my friends and my family and quiet down those really dark thoughts and voices within one's head. There's a lot of voices in within one's head. So... Um, for me, that was that it was great for that. Um, but I think I've just gotten to a point where I'm just like, this is like the th- how many times have I been on antidepressants? Third, fourth time, I think. Um, where I've just been like, no, not for me. And the more times I go on them and the more times I come off of them, I learn a little bit about my depression and about myself and what I'm capable of and what I should be doing in order to combat this whole fuck shit because depression is a bit of fuck shit and yeah to me <coughs> sorry about that uh, to me um that's more rewarding as opposed to just continually taking a pill to just constantly feel that level of okay. Because how am I how am I supposed to learn if there's or if there's a level of numbness there? Um I'm just getting easily distracted. I was just suddenly thinking, how is it that I feel so blowed from a smoothie? Anyway, that's neither here or there. Um Yeah, it's difficult to sort of really I, I, at least I, I personally find it difficult to sort of truly like analyze uh, my thoughts. My I can uh, you can analyze your thoughts and your feelings when you're on antidepressants, depending on how high um, the dosage is or how well your capacity is to see past that fuzzy, numbing feeling, that wall. Um, but. For me, I just I I like I'm I wanna I wanna still understand the root of me depression and how to combat that. So this time around, I made a plea to myself, a plea, like a yeah, a vow. We're gonna go with vow. A vow to myself that I would replace. <laughs> I would replace um, my antidepressants with the gym, and I was doing that for a little bit and then I got a new job and then 
I really started experiencing this breakup and then everything fell to shit. <laughs> yeah, that was that was nice. That was fun. Um, I say this though, because I woke up this morning and I was like, I feel exhausted and I'm fucking tired. I just said that. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm fucking sad. I'm so, 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 so sad to the point where I don't want to get out of this bed. I don't want to go to work. I certainly did not want to come here and record this podcast today, but I've let Alfie down a number of times. You're welcome. You were the one who said that I could come today, though. I was going to say, I hope so. I did, I confirmed when you asked me. I was like, yeah, I'll see you on Thursday. I'll bring up receipts. Anyway, I came today and I'm glad I came. Um, I'm glad I came. Ah, you guys. I love Alfie. Um, I am glad I came because it was, it gave me a chance to sort of really, I guess it gets a chance, gives me a chance to get in my head and, um, vocalize the like how I'm get in my head and vocalize how I'm feeling because I think for a very long time I have not for a long time I say even for the last <clears throat> no yeah for a long time because I was completely blindsided by the pain of the breakup that you just don't I wasn't seeing anything else I wasn't even seeing my friends <laughs> I wasn't even contacting my friends one of them yesterday was like oh you know you weren't really quiet for a while and I thought for a second it was something that I had done, but then I was like, you know what, Erica's going to come back. And it's true, I did come back. Just needing a minute, a hot, hot minute. Um, and yeah, okay, I'm still going for the breakup, that's fine. But now I can see my depression and I'm like, oh, that all needs to be dealt with. Which is uh, super fucking annoying because I'm like, great, more work. All I wanted to do was watch Big Mouth and just be horizontal with no bra on, but such as life, you've got to be an adult. So we are here today to talk about depression and how I've been feeling, because <laughs> it's about me and not about you guys. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think it's important to talk about, I'm, I like to be really open about my depression, because at the end of the day, it's not, I don't personally think it's something that defines me. It's something that is a part of me. But more importantly, we live in a society and a day and age. And it's becoming like a teeny tiny bit less and less like this. Where, it, where having depression is taboo. And especially being uh, um, of uh, being a person of colour. And even if, especially if you are... Uh, Caribbean or African or any of those things because like for for our parents and their parents and their parents' parents it's like you kind of just <clears throat> brush all that stuff under the carpet like it's not really happening or it's not really a thing and you know, as wonderful as that idea and concept is, because it is, it truly is. You're like, okay, yeah, this is, I'm fine. <laughs> they say I'm fine. I'm, I'm probably fine. You know, I can be dramatic sometimes, but yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I mean, I'm okay. I mean, I don't want to jump in front of this train or anything every day on my way to work, but, um, that's not the case at all. Um, 
And I think it takes a lot to sort of really be open and honest about uh, about this, the, this, this, our mental health, especially with our like our families. Um, okay, I think there's a level depending on the friendship group that you hold. I believe that there's probably a level of openness that you have there with your friends, where they like they get it because they're probably suffering from some form of depression themselves or even anxiety. Or I've had friends who are used to, like who suffer from panic attacks for years and I'm telling you I've known these 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 boys and girls since I was like fucking 12 so and and uh, you know a lot of them on on anti-anxiety medication and stuff like that so you know I'm fortunate so when it came about like my friends got it um but the thing I like struggled the most with was like telling my uh, my family I'm fortunate because I'm mixed race and, like, it's... My mum is partially partially white. She's she's some... She's a little white. I don't know, I'm not going to give you the fucking degrees of what she is. Um, so there's that, like, she's half Caribbean and stuff like that. And then, so there's, there's... And there's, like, her own personal issues with with or understandings or musings with with depression and anxiety and stuff so when I say I got lucky it was my mum that spotted my depression and it was my mum that was like you should go to uh, a therapist and you should go and then when it got really bad she was the one who was like okay cool you should go to the doctor now and see if you can get medication because you haven't left the house in over five weeks <laughs> And you can't keep a job. <laughs> um, and, but also my mum's like emotionally intelligent. So I think that plays a massive part in, in her seeing that I was depressed. And then on top of I believe it's also hereditary. My brother also suffers from uh, depression as well. We all have our different ways of dealing with it. So, you know, on the, asp- on the, on the side of like my mum being there and understanding it's great because you know she with 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 what she does for her job and stuff like she she sees a lot so it's it's nice to have somebody who who can see that and be and and recognize the signs and just sort of like help guide and obviously I'm a child but like help guide me through not as not as not as many people would get as lucky as me to have uh, such a parent like my mother. That's not to say that my dad doesn't um, know about this, but that one was slightly... Explaining my depression to my dad's harder, sorry, because um, so my, dad is, my dad is Jamaican and Dominican. So there's that whole Caribbean aspect of like there's nothing wrong with you type thing brush or I don't really understand why you're sad like what is there to be sad about so um I do struggle with my dad a little bit just to sort of like you know when I'm haven't left my room in days um barely talking to anybody and I haven't showered and I just look a type of way I think it's, I guess it might be difficult for him to comprehend as to why I'm sad. Because sometimes I can't even explain why I'm sad. 
Um, and that's not to say that my mum doesn't struggle either. For her, it's the case, like, you know, when I explain to her about... Because obviously, like, now I've... Now I'm, I'm, I'm a couple of years on, five, six, seven years on into, into different uh, medications and different therapists. Now I have a dope therapist who I love the shit out of. She's an absolute babe station. Um, and... She's helped me through a lot. I would definitely say more so than all of them, bar one, because she was the OG and she was she was a real one and she did the most for me. Um, so, just my train of thought. Coming out of the end of that, like, it's... Yeah, even for my mum, when I kind of explain to her, like, how I'm feeling or why I view myself in such a way, like, I've got low confidence, low self-esteem... What else have I got? Trust issues, commitment issues. Um, and, oh, the list goes on. I can't even... I've just repressed the rest of the list because why fucking wouldn't you? It's sad. But, um, and especially, I, I, I get a, a lot as well when people meet me and they're like, you're depressed? I mean, you just seem so happy. Yes, it's a mask, Linda. It's actually... It's a mask. It's a facade. I am in crying. I'm crying internally and I have been from the moment you said hello. But thank you for for making such comments because now I feel even better about myself. <gasps> Linda, you are a true gem. Um yeah, so for my for 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 my mum it's it's the struggle of like I don't understand why you have such low self-esteem or I don't understand why you have such low confidence because you know, you're always such a happy child when you were growing up and you're always so loved and, and she's not wrong. I was. I was a happy child go 21 she was like you go my mum would always make jokes like you go to a fucking axe murder I probably would I probably would have yeah probably to this day actually I definitely would I don't know is he cute is he tall has he got any sweets like that's that's probably that's what's gonna get me killed but um and I was I was a very I was like that I was a very easygoing child and I was super super loved like I can absolutely put my hands up that and say that I was I was the youngest before Ashley came along and ruined my life shout out to my cousin and the I was the youngest of all of the grandchildren I had all these like all of my cousins much older than I was but they doted on me and I was basically a golden child it looked fucking great um to be that adored and to be that loved and yeah, but then there's kind of there's all these other elements that come into to that. Like I grew up and was born with eczema head to toe, so and being as dark as I am, the hyperpigmentation was just basically black on brown. So <clears throat> I always felt like I looked a type of like I was just ugly. I was just disgusting. So then that knocks your self-esteem and that knocks your self-confidence because then if you tell yourself a certain thing for so, 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 so long, um, at such a young age, but you don't articulate it to anybody to, to for them to not let those words be reinforced into your psyche, then, like, that is something you grow up to believe. Um even though the hyperpigmentation on my skin is far better than what it ever was when I was growing up and such, there is still that, that the, the little girl inside me is very much like, don't look too close at the mirror. If I actually don't even look at the mirror, if you could just pass the mirror 
and then just trust that you have done your hair fine and that your outfit is okay um that would be great because we we're, we're not we're not no we're not attractive at all we are not we are we're basically a monster so um she's a great gal though that inner child yeah real great gal but uh Yes, yeah, so that's that's the, that's the inner child that she's kind of like, love me, don't look at me though, please don't look at me, please, please don't look at me. And that's difficult because you carry your inner child around with you all of the time, everywhere you go. Uh, and if certain things don't get treated or dealt with, then, then you know, how if she doesn't get her view changed on how how she is and who or who she is or what she's about then it's hard not to carry that into your adulthood and and so on and so forth so i'm working on that that shit's hard it's hard um because i never realized how much how much that inner child (laughs) She takes a lot of heat, you know. She's uh, she takes a lot of heat, but she can give a lot of heat too. So he's always there to remind you. But back to the depression. So yeah, so for me, like my mom is just like, I don't understand, and I'm like, yeah, just it's what it is. And there's also all the other elements that came into play, like uh, like sorry, I just got distracted by the time. Uh, like you know. I grew up in a predominantly white area. So for me, I just wanted to be normal. And normal were all the little white girls that I hung out with. Um, But my hair was not the same as theirs. My skin was not the same as theirs. My shape, my body shape was not the same as theirs. And I so desperately just wanted to be like normal, quote unquote normal. I guess I desperately wanted to be white. (laughs) I desperately wanted to be white. Uh, <laughs> fuck my life, and um, and I wasn't. So then that those kind of that kind of came into that was well, that was an issue. That was an issue for me because I I had very few black friends, and they also lived in a predominantly white area. So we're like we didn't know any different. So I would straighten my hair out to make sure that it was as flat as possible. So it could be like Georgina's in 7B. And I, you know, would try to like wear the type of clothes that these girls were wearing. But like, I was a thick bitch. I still am to this day. Thicker than a snicker. And I'm okay with that. But it's like learning to love or not even I guess you have to learn to love those parts of yourself of course but it's learning to understand as well that that there's just all these elements that come into your psyche that affect your psyche and and, then all the and then that goes on to gosh my back is killing me too old for this shit okay hold on um and then uh that can affect you mentally uh And when I think about it as well, like just touching on the subject of living in a predominantly white area, you're kind of like an anomaly without realizing that you're an anomaly. Because, and it's not to say that like my parents didn't point out that, you know, like 
I just went, it's like, we, like, I always knew I was black, right? Okay, we always knew we were a black family, all the typical things a black family does. You know, we did that and it was totally, uh, it was, you know, it was normal. It was fine. I guess I just never took that out. I never took my, my blackness out of the house. Because I guess people, maybe I understood that people just weren't going to get it or maybe because it was just sacred to me or maybe because I didn't really have an understanding. I don't know, but it was like living two different lives. My black life, my authentic black life and my white life. Um, I think that can have an effect as well. Like, you know... Just being the token black person and even being called token and there's not as much awareness as as there is today as there was back there making me sound like I am this age old lady. But you know, the teens of today are different to the teens the teenager I was. The adolescent I was back then. They're far more educated. And even if they're not, they have far more access to education and, and can understand. Or, or at least gets one of their favourite influences to explain to them, <laughs> you know, why it is uh, wrong to fetishize a black person or why it's offensive to call the Asian guy token as well stuff like that so it's it's i'm kind of i'm veering off a little bit but i'm saying this that like to say because that that was an, an element that affected my mental health because like going one of the really wonderful things so a couple of weeks ago my therapist said to me she was like i want you to think about all the positive things that you got from the kid I just broke up with and I was like yeah I can totally fucking do that that's absolutely reasonable that's fine and then um the next week came around and I was like yeah no I can't do it I don't I, I don't I didn't get anything positive I don't think I mean physically I guess he, he you know he thought I was attractive he told, her, told me I was attractive which is it's all nice and well to to be told that you're attractive but it's it's more about that other internal stuff um, so my therapist very happily pointed out to me that, um, there's all these other things actually that I got from the relationship that I got from him. And one of them being this, my sort of like identity, I got my identity from him, you know what I mean, um, of being a, like what it is to be a, a black woman. Because that was kind of with my mum being mixed race, it's 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 difficult because she's really fair. So it's kind of we all had we all experience. She can't experience what it's like to be in 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 my color skin, and I can't experience what it's like to be in her color skin. You know, whether we like it or not, we've both kind of got different privileges even though she doesn't look like a white woman, but she is 
very fair. People think she looks either Hispanic or half Indian and stuff. So she's got her own thing. Um, so yeah, it was. But to to be a black woman in like my 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 mid to late twenties, because like, what does that mean? Especially in this day and age. Um, so that was one of the things I got from the relationship that I, when I look back on it, mentally realised that actually. That was also a part of the depression because I just, this struggle of not really knowing your identity and what you're about or not even having that space, that safe space to be. You're like, you're a true, authentic, I'm beginning to hate that word now, like your true authentic self. Um because of the environment that you've grown up in or because, like, you just don't have that kind of guidance or because you've just been repressing it yourself because you've already made up judgments about how it will be perceived. All those kind of things, it's um, fairly difficult, but it was rewarding in the same breath. So I'm really grateful for for the kid for doing for. for, for basically giving me that space you know it's the only person I guess it's the only person I can really think of outside of of one of my best friends um as well but you know gave me the space to sort of be outraged uh as 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 a as a black woman when I'm talking about you know, the women at work who are like, can I touch your hair? I'm like, oh, you can't fucking touch my hair, Becky, okay? I don't want to touch your flat, limp hair, so you're not allowed to touch my super dope, curly, kinky hair, okay? I feel like that's fair trade-off. <laughs> get fucked. I'm going to get a coffee, anybody? No? So, yeah, it's it's it was nice to have that, to have that open space with him and, and know that, like, he got it. And he understood it and I was totally within my right to be upset or angry or annoyed or vent about it. Um, But I haven't always had that. So that can be kind of consuming to not be able to have that space and then it just becomes, the space just becomes inside your head and then you kind of, you then have all these thoughts and feelings towards it and ideas and then you start to make assumptions and it's just too, the space is too small for you to, to really explore the idea of it. So it can be kind of depressing because you don't know, you know, what's right and what's wrong, what's, how to feel like it, it just, it makes you feel low. I still struggle with, with being a black woman, but that's a whole different kettle of fish. I think being a black woman in this day and age, it's the dopest thing in the world. I highly recommend it to anybody who was thinking about trying it. Um, not trying them, just trying to, you know, you know, be their authentic black woman self. No fetishizing, please. Um, but in the same breath, it's also fucking difficult. And I don't mean that to say like, oh, we, you know, so hard being a black woman. No, there's just so many, like, so many, so many terrible fucking things that happen in my daily life that I'm just like... Okay, I feel like that's going to go down the avenue that I don't need it to go down. 
we'll talk about that another time. My point is, it's don't being a black woman, but sometimes it's super hard being a black woman. Anyway, going back to that. So it was nice to have that space, basically. And now, like, okay, fine, he's not around, but I've got my one of my best friends and she's she's like she's Jamaican and like she, she's very similar to my situation we lived in a predominantly you know white area like a lot of our friends are white it's, it's just this like not really having that space so we've given each other that space and we're allowing that space to expand with each and everything that we do with each other and understanding and it's fucking great um and it feels like one less thing to be weighed down by but ultimately, I feel I still feel weighed way down by my other stuff, by my by my lack of confidence, my lack of value. This idea that uh, you, I guess, I hold some sort of weight in, and we all do validation from every angle, you know. And I mean validation from my like your friends, your spouses, outside world. For me, my mind is, mine is like, I get really sad and just like bummed out when, you know, my mother doesn't validate my shit. And I'm just like, I get so into my head. Wow, everybody is out here committing all the crimes today in Shebu. Um, you know, even when I don't ask for my mum's opinion and I go downstairs and I... And I am just like, can I, you know, can I grab a lift and station? You know, and she just like makes a face towards my outfit. I'm just like, that will immediately plummet me into a depression because it's just like, you're not good enough. Your outfit's trash. You're too fat. You're this, you're that. And it just, it just brings up all these like really nasty thoughts that you already, you already think about yourself, but then you, but you allow somebody else to validate, <laughs> which is such bullshit when you think about it but um yeah I've I've thrown many a fits because my mother's not liked my outfit or because she's like made a long comment not even necessarily she hasn't liked my outfit she just hasn't been like she wouldn't have worn what I'm wearing but again when she was my age things were different when she was my age you know my girl had a house and two kids by the time she was my age um I don't have any of that and and I, I just should be allowed to just be able to do what I want and dress how I want and say what I want, do what I want. But everybody's got their opinions, right? But for me, yeah, the biggest thing is, is my mother and how much I allow that to impact me. Oh, sorry, that to impact me. So uh, when I say the biggest fits, I don't mean like a, like a hissy fit. I've just, I've just felt so shitty from the one little thing that I perceived off of my own mother that I've allowed that small thing to activate all my demons and then let them loose and then I'm like I'm just gonna actually take off my makeup and put my pajamas back on and um, get into bed because I feel so shit about myself I don't even want to be. And it's not to say that my mother is intentionally doing these things to make me feel bad, but it's like I allow myself to get triggered and I allow myself to put, to, 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 
for my mother to be the person that validates me, but it's like, which could be a contribution to the fact to, 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 to being depressed. You should need somebody. That's where we get, so I get sometimes depressed sometimes because if I don't get like an acting job, I don't feel validated. And it's like, I have no value. I have no worth. And then my inner demons, sometimes my little girl is like, yeah, you don't have any worth. <laughs> then my demons are like, you don't have worth. You ain't shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Sorry for interrupting. I apologize. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I'd, I'll, I'm just going to go back in the back room. Apologies for even leaving. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a complex condition to live with and I am not I'm just I'm not it's not to say I'm not like people don't deal with it in different ways or people don't even feel or people feel similar to how I feel because I know people feel similar to how I feel um but for me I don't know it's uh all this 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 like yeah so so let's say well, I'm just like my outfit but and I'm already feeling a type of way that day because I'm feeling a bit I'm feeling fat and it's like obviously you are fat I'm not fat at all uh I'm not even feeling fat <laughs> but this idea that I'm trying to trick people into thinking that I am thinner than I am thinner than that thinner than I am is this thing, I don't know, I can't even really explain it, but that's what I'm saying, it's that the depression has such nuances. My depression has, depression in general has such nuances to, to how it personally affects you. And then there's outside elements as well with people projecting onto you and, and, and or not getting the jobs that you want to or not getting that text back and it's just... Right now I'm in a space of not appreciating my value. And I think and believe that is because due to the breakup, which, you know, it makes sense, right? So, you know, I should have done that, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought there was more in the cup, but there wasn't. Um, oh, that's so sugary. That's why I felt so bloated you when someone obviously when you when you I didn't break up with him he broke up with me so when somebody breaks up with you it's like I mean this is the first one so what the fuck do I know it's the first time anyone's broken up with me because I this is my first relationship not because I've broken up with like a plethora of men before this um but shh, stomach um it got me like really in my head because I was like okay so I'm not good enough to be with anymore I, like, my value has just been, like, depleted. My stocks have been halved, have gone plummeted down. People are freaking out on the floor because, you know, this this stock was starting to build a bit of traction. People, people, were, people were seeing its value. At least that's me, the owner of the shares. Or whatever. Uh, this is a bad comparison. I'm going to go with it. Um, Sorry to see that for myself. But 
in spite of the fact that I saw that for myself, I didn't really take full value for that, full value of that for myself. So I could see it. I could see what the kid could see, but I didn't take that all fully into appreciation. Double check where my granny pants are out. Into appreciation because uh, I guess I just, I, you just take things for granted. You think you've got time. You think that you're going to be with this person for much longer than you are going to be with that person. So you have you've got a little bit more time to sort of really like um, appreciate and value the way they 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 see and perceive you. And as time goes on as well, because like the idea is that you just want someone to just see you, and when they like see you and they're like not grossed out or freaked out by it, and they don't run away screaming like they've just seen a demon um there's 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 a, that's another form of validation that you that you you put in the bank you have it as as coin um i think that's probably why at the moment, my depression's... I mean, obviously, I know my depression's not doing so great because I, my medication has officially worn off and I'm working late hours, which is also affecting it, and I'm not going to the gym to lift my mood. Um, but I'm also just... I'm also going through a breakup where I feel like I um, am no longer wanted, where, where no one's ever... Like, no one ever wants me ever again, and... Um, I was right this entire time that he was just killing time with me or um, and I'm not booking any acting jobs and it's just negative thoughts on top of negative thoughts on top of negative thoughts. That's fine, like an old tower of negativity. Should absolutely blow that shit up. But um, so what's the point of me coming on and talking about this? It's, it, I think the point is is to sort of just realize because sometimes when I'm saying this shit out loud because I'm saying this shit out loud I felt really lazy today I'm really sorry now I'm saying this shit out loud I'm like oh that's not true <laughs> you obviously are still attractive even if that particular person isn't telling you anymore. You know, you've, you're obviously funny, even if that particular person no longer wants to be with you. You're obviously smart. Like, all these things, right? I am these things. I don't even, like, now I'm hearing it out loud. I'm like, hold on a second. Ho, ho, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. I actually am really funny. And I'm smart. And I'm super fucking cute pretty instagram yes there are filters but i say this to say that like you should just this is this is this is just another nuanced level in my depression that is connected to other aspects of your life this is just this is i'm this is just one time that i'm able to be like okay why am i sad and pinpoint it I'm sad because nobody wants to book me. I'm sad because nobody wants to love me. I'm sad because, oh, 
I'm sad because nobody wants to be with me. But that's not true. It's just that this particular person, for his own reasons, by the way, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm not going to slander him. I'm also not going to say he's the greatest person in the fucking world. But for his own reasons, whether they be bullshit or not, uh, it could not, cannot continue this relationship with me. But that doesn't take away my value and what I bring to the table or what I have to offer. So it's really just keeping that in mind and it's telling yourself that over and over again instead of those negative thoughts of I'm not I have no value like nobody wants to date me nobody wants to book me and the same goes for jobs as well right so obviously acting jobs um and I don't I can't even really I think I think it's because I've been to a bunch of auditions and I and I'm very lucky because my agent is my agent is dope considering for what considering what he's got to work with he's I don't think he's doing too bad for himself I've been through lots of auditions since May since we 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 like made this collaboration happen and um I have booked jobs so it's not like I'm not capable of acting it's not like somebody out there hasn't seen value in my face or my credits or who I am, like, they have. They've booked me, they've paid me, and I just have to keep it moving. But then you like, like I said, you, you build this, like, tower of negativity because it all just seems to match up. You know when you get cards, you've got to turn over a card and you've got to find the other match? Like, it feels like every card you're turning over seems to match but every card you're turning over seems to be a negative card so like oh he no longer wants to be with you because you're not good enough oh yeah of course duh matched up they are not booking you because you have no talent oh yeah duh matched up so it's like you're always finding that match but actually you're not you've just got this this these glasses on that show you this negativity constantly as opposed to really being able to see exactly what is in front of you. You know, my mum's like, my mum always rolls my eyes when I'm like, I mean, I'm too cute for that. Or have you seen how cute I am? Blah, blah, blah. Cause she's like, you're so like self, like you're so like full of yourself. I do it from a jokey side, a, a jokey, I'm joking when I, when I do it, but because it's a form of defence, <laughs> you're always making jokes and I always make jokes about myself. It used to be about how fat I am and how ugly I am. Now it's like, I'm actually super fucking cute and attractive. You wish. Um, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's part and parcel of a defence mechanism. But also it's now become this thing where like I need to just remind myself that actually I am those things that I joke about. You know, it may not be to the beauty standards or, or to the intelligence standards of certain people in the world, but like I am those things. 
And I have to I have to joke about these things, but I have to sort of tell myself these things because it's more often than not that I am willing to just tell myself that I am the negative things. And then that is how we get into this cycle of stuff. But it's come, it comes to a point where it has to be more, has to be productive and positive for you. Because like I said, it's all a vessel that you just like, that it, like it all feeds in and out of. I'm trying to change the air of the of I'm trying to change the air that cut of the that comes into in and out of this vessel of mine because before it used to just be like black smoke and now it's teetering out into like a grey and now I'm trying to get it to be like a white and the white is just like pure positivity whereas the grey is like a combination of combination of like negativity and positivity I have a lot of growing to do but that growth will that growth comes with experiences that growth comes with uh, interactions I have that growth comes with how I talk to myself and that growth comes with um, recognize recognizing the my my depression for what it is in that moment and now I'm talking about this all and I've 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 laid it out in front of me even though I really wish I had like notes <laughs> I can't make notes and talk because, you know, I can't. Lazy. Dyslexic. I'm actually both of those things. I don't know. Find me an actor that's not dyslexic. Actually, there's plenty of them. Um, <laughs> don't know why I said that. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 I feel better for it. Like, I am going to go to work after this. And I think I'll go to work with a little less anxiety in my step and a little bit more comfort of being like actually I'm okay I am okay and you know how I know that I'm okay because I know it in myself I know it in the love that I perceive from my friends and my family and this feeling or these feelings, these ideas are not gospel, they're not truth, they're not forever. So do I believe that, you know, telling yourself that every time you get a really low dip of depression is going to work? No, because it won't. I'll be honest, let's just call a spade a spade, it won't always work. But if you don't try it, you won't know. There are days where it's going to be like this isn't working, but there are days like you're going to be like this, this, this fucking worked. I've, I, I feel slightly alleviated in 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 how I feel. So, but it's a process and it's an understanding and it's something that needs to be studied. At least I need to study my depression all the time because I need to know how does it, what's the ins and outs, the back doors, the secret corridors, the how does this whole system operate? Because it is a part of me. Uh, so this time around, that's what my depression is about. So now I know. I'm like, okay. Going forward, it's about combating that. 
and then with each time you take it on board and you learn and you know how to combat like okay fine I need to go to the gym I need to just get rid of just like energy because it's obviously dull excess energy laying dormant in me and to make myself feel better about how I look and feel fine if that's the case that's so be it I also need to start making plans to see like more and more of my friends because I get such value and joy being around the people that I love and I adore and are smarter than me and funnier than me and more vulnerable than me and open than me because that's how I grow and that's how I start to feel better about myself and that's how the depression gets a little bit quieter. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I think I've got two minutes, a minute and a half. Alfie's sleeping. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to wake him up. Because I have to go to work soon. Anyway, thank you so much <laughs> for listening. If you guys want to uh, find me, which is where you found this podcast, let's be honest, it is my Instagram, which is at hello, I, Erica. Erica with a K. Oh, i got a story about that, but that's for another fucking time. It's about an Italian girl who was on a lot of cocaine. Um, yeah, come through. Just have a butcher's, have a cheeky like, validate me. Why don't you? Um, thanks for swinging by to listen to Down for the Ride. Uh, shout out to uh, Sparkbox at Sparkbox, that's at S P K R Box, which is where I'm recording this podcast today. And shout out to Mr. Red Shots with a Z. Uh, Mr. Alfie himself being my engineer, my little sleepy baby engineer. He looks so precious right now, I can't even cope. Just want to love him. Oh. Oh. I wish you guys could see Alfie, how fucking adorable he looked right now. Um. <laughs>